Hi folks, a little bit of housekeeping before we start the podcast. Obviously this is a conversation I had with João Pina, the Vice Deputy Leader of the Partido Socialista in Portugal uh, and as always, as always it was great to talk to João and really really timely. I think you'll get a lot out of it and he's completely honest about the ups and downs of the government uh, and what is one of Europe's only left-leaning governments that's still, uh, still holding power uh, even if there is another reshuffle. Please help us out. Please join us. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. The link for that is in the podcast you're listening to right now. I'd love for you to click on it while you're listening and see if there's a level you're happy to help us keep these mics on. And there's a ton of additional content for that. In the last few days alone, we've been back to Gaza to talk to Issam Adwan about the most far right government ever in Israeli history, which is saying something. There's also exclusives where myself and Martin break down the news of the week. And in the next few minutes, I'm hoping to talk to the lads from The Ditch, uh, Roman and Owen, who have now seen their work yet again, seeing another Minister for State, this time Damien English, resign. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to talk to them. They will be available as quickly as I can turn them around on the Patreon feed. One more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise I won't delay any further. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and I am still flying solo. My colleague continues to be unwell. Uh, and just, you know, before we send them out our well wishes, it is a huge struggle in the health service currently. I do want to address something I heard from the Minister for uh, Health recently where he said we want to encourage hospital consultants to work weekends and, you know, work longer hours. I was speaking to several hospital consultants in the, over the last number of days who are working dur- during the Christmas and over the holiday period, and they work long hours. They already work long hours and they engage as best as they can. Uh, many of the doctors and nurses in our hospital systems are doing similar. And I think it's disingenuous of our ministers to, to suggest that there's some sort of laziness taking place. And I find it actually offensive because while I know patients are suffering, my colleague, Martin McMahon, is suffering. There's doctors and nurses are doing their best under situations that the minister has known for for years. That's the truth. Whether he was in opposition at the time or now as the minister himself, they've known about this. So it's disingenuous. And I just really, really am sick of it. I'm sick to my back teeth of listening to these people come out and say these things. And then all of a sudden it's the it's the old political thing of the dead cat on the table, throwing a dead cat on the table. Let's talk about the dead cat and let's not talk about what's actually going on in our health system. We are not resourced properly. Slantia Care was launched seven years ago now and hasn't moved beyond its its planning stages. We do not have adequate health care anyway. And I will talk about this again as this podcast continues. I'm delighted to be rejoined for the first time in 2023 by our good friend from the Partido Socialista in Portugal, João Pina. João, it's great to see you. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. Happy New Year to all you, to you and, to, and to all your listeners in Ireland. And uh, I also want to give my, my best to Martin and I hope he recovers soon. Let's see at least for, um, because he was a very good friend of mine. And uh, I'm well, despite everything going on in my country. We have some of your problems as well. We are avoid, trying to avoid a, lo- a lot of them uh, also. Yeah, um, Joe, I will go there straight away if you don't mind me asking. Yes. I've seen the situation in people saying one of the reasons the media here have been saying that some of the issues that we have in terms of our health service are not unique to Ireland, that we now have another wave of COVID and we have this flu that's virulent and it's causing trouble. But some of the statistics that I've seen, they're trying to, I I don't know, are they being represented fairly? Because what I've heard is that within Portugal, 
that your health system is on the verge of collapse as well. You might give me you might give me your sense of that, really. No, actually, actually, that's that's um, that's the, there are two things that we need to distinguish: the reality, which every country has problems, of course, um, but also the kind of propaganda that sometimes they spread. I don't know the exact case in Ireland, but in Portugal here, what is going on? Part of it is true. Like uh, we have another wave of another wave of COVID, which Portugal is very prepared to to welcome because uh, we are one of the most vaccinated countries in Europe. And usually the kind of COVID cases we have, it's, it's people that don't go to the, the vaccination boost. Mm. So they, they get old people that get a headache because they, they, the vaccine gives headaches and all the kind of, of those kinds of people and, and deniers of vaccines and stuff. But also we, we can see amount, amount of pressure in our hospitals about um, uh, pulmonary infection diseases and stuff like that. I think the case is the fact that we spent two years washing our hands and with a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 2020, 2021, the flu that kills kills 4,000 people per year in Portugal just disappeared, and and now and now it's coming back really hard. Yeah, but our our situation is that uh, there's also some kind of propaganda because we have we have really bad problems in our four biggest hospitals, um, but Portugal has almost 120 public hospitals, and every news we see goes back to those four hospitals. Uh, most of them in, in the Lisbon metropolitan area. Yeah. It, it, it's not a countrywide spread thing. I, 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 I accept that. I've read the media reports and it is very much Lisbon-centric. But can I ask you in terms of, say, bed numbers, actual beds that are available for people with acute illnesses, just over the last, if you if you have the statistics, I would like to know how are your bed numbers say relative to when you came into government? Have you more? Have you less? Have you are you trying to increase bed numbers? Because we have seen that Ireland has now since has actually increased its population by over half a million and decreased its beds by nearly two thousand. So we have this it, we have this problem it, here. It, it decreased the beds. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, we have not done so. Uh, actually, during during COVID times, we, we increased we increased the beds we increased the, the beds much more. Of course, we uh, we I have problems facing people being hospitalized, and we we usually did a lot of mobile hospitals. Uh, um, but the question is now is that the, the number of beds is much higher than than it was than it was in um, in um, twenty nineteen when COVID in twenty nineteen. Yeah. And 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 the question is now we are facing an issue that we we have a lot of old people that were occupying hospital beds. Just, just because they have nowhere to go. Mm. So we started doing a lot. Our health system actually paid retirement homes to remove those people from hospitals to make sure that we have those beds available. So, so I don't have a clear statistic, uh, but I'm sure that the number I, of beds I, is much higher. I understand. Okay. And I, I've actually, I, I, I've cheated and I've checked and I've, I've seen that you've actually grown the numbers since 2019. So I did the research before we talked <laughs> and I, I spoke oh. to people. So, so, but, but on, on, on the flip side of that, can I ask you about the, you said about the, the people leaving hospital, because that is one of the main issues we have as well, that care in the community, you're people, if you're discharging people of a certain age and we, in Ireland, we have a problem that the nursing homes are all privatized. What is this? What is the step down care like in Portugal in terms of releasing people back to, uh, into, you know, other areas whereby they don't need hospital acute care, but they still may need care. Is that, is that a government supported thing or is it still currently run by the private sector? No, uh, we have, we, 
again, uh, our, our socialism is not that much, that much Marxism, so we have no problem with the private sector as long as it's very well regulated and works for the people. And when we put tax, taxpayers' money on it, make, make sure that it comes back to society. And what's happening is that in Portugal, we, of course, we, we have, we have the, the private sector, the solidarity sector, but we don't, we don't have enough places for everyone. So what we do is that in Portugal, it's based on income. So what, what's happening is, is that if, if you are if you're a retiree with a lower income, we try to find your place in a public place. If not, you can go to a private place and the state will pay the private place part of your allocation there. So it's basically, and if, if you have high income and a high retirement fund, you should cover all, all of your stay there. So the question is, we are doing, we are doing the same thing about the different issues, the same thing about, about uh, kindergartens. We, we passed a law saying all kindergartens will be for free in the entire country. To increase, to increase the number of births in Portugal. So we made a plan, a transition plan for three years where all the kindergartens will be free. And of course, this will make sure that the state will cover 120,000 children per year that are born, that are, are getting born, but we don't have enough places. So we are contextualizing we all the private sector in the country yeah. that has those places available to make sure that everyone in the country has a free kindergarten by 2025. By 2025. Yeah, okay. it's three years. That's that's very ambitious. Given, like, I mean, the, the, like because we have, oh, um, our new T-Shock who actually, and here, here, this is a rare moment. They've actually what they've done is they've decided to increase the subsidy paid to people. Um, so what you refer to as kindergarten, we'd refer to as creches. You know, creches, so yeah, yes. yeah. So, so, so we have it's said, creches, it's creches in Irish, yes, in, yes, in Portuguese, uh, crash. Portuguese uh, well, crash. So, so, so we, so within the within the creche uh, system, we we were increasing the subsidy they paid to the private creches to provide the facilities, and it's increased not to the degree where it will be free, far from it actually, but it will reduce. They reckon reduce say by two hundred euro per year per child. Which might not seem sound like a lot, but you know it's it's per year. Yeah, we we are talking about paying daycares in Portugal of three of of, of monthly pays of three hundred four hundred euros per child. That's what yeah, I'm yes, yes. Now. But Joe, Joe, like uh, it's re it's 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 regular. A, a crash fee from Ireland can be anything from say six hundred euro per month to twelve hundred euro per month, depending on the age of the child. Because obviously, if it's a baby, they need more. Um, they, you know, you can only have one one staff member per three or four ba babies, and one exactly. thing, you know. So, so it's 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 a very expensive uh business, and and it's something. No, but it's 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 intriguing that you say that because I do think we're moving that way. But I also think that we need to also we need to understand that early childcare education is more important than people have said for years. You know, we understand now that this is this is actually part of the education system, not just part of a babysitting process. It's, I think. I think that, that that is how how you 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 sh you shape a society in that sense, huh? And uh, our but that that's also that's also why uh, we should invest more in in that kind of being a public offer where where the where, where we teach children it's it's sanctioned by by all kind of committees in in our society. It's not it's not like putting kids having a, a strict Catholic uh, or any kind of education that formats them in a way that they are not become active members of society, but more of outcasts. So this is this is the kind of shaping that we need to do. Another, I, I, but I, just going back to the hospital, I need, I need to tell you something about. Please do, yeah. Uh, in Portugal, is that we have a, we have an important st statistics here. Is that there's a rhetoric 
putting the, the NHS workers as lazy, like you were saying, or saying that it, that is a complete chaos because of the workers and blah, 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 blah. Because we should be also afraid of the, the attempts to privatize our national health system. Yes. Portugal, our, our budget for the national health system has increased 40% since the pandemic. So we, Portugal has now the highest number of doctors, of nurses and assistants ever. We increased the budget of 40%. And we should, we should also realize that during the pandemic, it was the public sector that, that helped society, not the private sector. The private sector did not give a damn about COVID. In mm -hmm. any case, it was too serious. He put them in the public hospitals and we should go, should go by that. Because we have, we had a good statistic in Portugal that we came, came out last week saying that the number of Portuguese with a private insurance, health insurance, the private health insurance in 10 years went from 15% to 31%. But the demand of the public hospitals has not decreased, which means that they, they, they have an health insurance for sure. They go to some kind of consultation in the private hospitals and private clinics. And then they but, get sent back to the, the private. The backbone is still the national health system. And, and it's not complementary. It's, it's just timely complementary to what the national health system does in doesn't matter. I, I I get like we have a real problem here where same like just low just below the UK's NHS where people are leaving and going to get private health insurance, but obviously the private health insurance uh, hospitals will cherry pick the um the the procedures they want. They want the ones that they can make the most money from, the easiest to turn around, and anything. I this is not anecdotal. I was speaking to a person who presented at a private hospital because that was they had private health insurance and got told they got assessed and they got sent sent straight to a public hospital saying they will look after your needs now because this is what this is what happens because it, you know if it's not profitable it tends to be pushed back to the public and we need to push back against that i i have to ask you so there's some there's there's, there's good news and bad news i was looking at a, an article um recently where it said the economists for 2023 put portugal as second where they could be in terms of the uh outlook e economic probable winners i haven't said yes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't exchange notes folks just to let we you didn't. know we but, didn't uh, actually. But, but 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 the reality is 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 and then on the flip side politically you are we we are now talking in the midst of a reshuffle and, and turmoil so so square that circle for me joe I will, I will, I will, with no problem with, with, with the same the same kind of frontality I always give you. The question is, Portugal economically is doing great. We are going to be the second highest growth in Europe, which is for us is amazing, it never happened. We, we were always on the back of the list. Our inflation is starting to come down. We are going in, in two years to come to come out of the, the country with, with the, big, the biggest public debt. Our public debt is now at 120%, and in, in, by 2026, it will be less than 100%. So, and also, our tourists has boomed. Our, our tax revenue has boomed to the point that we will be able to help the people. We have, we, we have, we have already gave back around 6 billion euros of, of company and people support for the, for the inflation problems. And, and also, like, every kind of um, statistics in my country is going great. The government... Not so great. Uh, what, your, what your government? Not so great. My <laughs> government. My government. Now I, I, I will. I will explain you why. But the question is that this government started started it, um, in the, um, eleven months ago. But uh, we we are coming off seven years of, you know, in power already, and I think we are facing at at this point some kind of power fatigue. My my, my nickname for them is power fatigue. 
And the question is that what's happening is that the Prime Minister decided that um, to, to reappoint some of the ministers that were coming from the last seven years. And one of, one of, of the problems we had is that in the last, in the last um, 11 months, we lost 12 secretaries of state and two ministers. But... The, the, I'm the, sorry, I have to say, the old <laughs> phrase comes in, you know, to lose one is, is, is an accident, to lose 12 is negligence. Right? I, I, think, I think part of it, yes. The question is, the question is, I give one example. We lost one minister and the entire secretaries of state of the Ministry of Health. They were all tired and they all asked to leave. Some of them also left because they, they, one of them because they were sick, but also some of them left because of a scandal. And, and, and the scandal we are facing right now is that, first of all, I, I don't think this is a bad thing. There are a lot of scrutiny of your past life when you go to government, much more than it was some years ago. For me, this is not a bad thing. The, uh, the, question, the question is, and I think that's where, where my parting has failed, and, and, uh, and now we are paying the consequences. We are, not, we are trying to work with it, but we are paying those, those consequences. It's the fact that we should be better and at back... back um, How's the word back checks? Um, no, you know uh, there needs to be there needs background to be, checks. Background yes. checks. On, when, on, when you do a fitness and property, so so when people go and they put themselves forward for public office, they tend to be scrutinized to a degree where we find out about their their views on certain things and maybe their views in the past. And again, I actually disagree with you. Sometimes I think. People can change. People can have had opinions or done things in the past, and we have to believe that they can be, um, uh, they can change and they can be better people for those those experiences. But when it comes to allegations of corruption, there's an allegation of corruption linked to not a minister but to a, a, par- a family member. Things like that 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 creates another issue. None, none. That's that's the issue in my country. Like the the, the people which also has their own way to do things, they don't have the tolerance towards politicians to, to, to act on the same ways. None of the cases that uh, made uh, the secretaries of state and the ministers to resign was corruption. None of the cases. None of the cases. What, what happened was, what happened was an, uh, um, a member of the executive board of, of our, our, our um, uh, plane company of TAP uh, was resigned and against the law she got the compensation. And the minister, which was overseeing the company, did not knew that and should know that. And, and, and this lady was invited to be Secretary of State and after 10 days she had to resign, of course, and, and now it's going to be the justice. The question is, this is, was not any case of corruption. What is now is that anything that we have, we have done in your past, it's enough for, for the people and the public opinion and, uh, and the media not to have any kind of tolerance of for you to remain in the office because but that this is an issue is that this happens and it should be fought yes but everyone some of these issues are years back mm-hmm. and they, they always surface because they went to government can i can i ask though on the media landscape because why well, i, I... I, I I have a weird thing I do on Saturday mornings. I get a, I get a collection of kind of uh, Spanish newspapers and Portuguese newspapers, and I get the English versions, and I read them because I'm weird. Okay, exactly. You are weird. <laughs> yes, yes. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Okay, okay. <laughs> but when I do that, it's it's. I often find that I um I look at leanings, and I do find 
much more actually in the Portuguese media than the Spanish media, surprisingly, I do find that there's a leaning towards the right, that your government has not been as accepted um, as, you know, as legitimate, even though now they've been reelected for a third time with a majority. It, it seems to be there's a pushback there. So so you kind of I, I maybe I'm being unfair. Am I being unfair? No, you are not. Actually, you are not. Like, like uh, our 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 media, it's 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 leans very much to the right. It has always been so for many years. We have we have um, uh, online uh, journals and and paper journals that that everyone is wondering for years how come they are st- they are so profitable. And I'm I, I'm not going to do conspiracy theories or, or Steve Bannon style and whatever. But we are not that much for the way. What what's happening is that there's a rhetoric that, that is is. At all times, try to destroy the left wing. That this has also happened before the elections. What I was surprised about my country, and we had this talk before, is that this kind of attack that my government is having, we also had before the elections, and the people did not give a damn about this kind of, of kind of uh, polemics. Yeah, the, yeah the, small, no, the, small things. And the small no, but things. but but the, the government was returned with a bigger majority than 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 the exactly. media would have allowed. Can I can I go back to the then to the good news? of why the economy is doing so well. Can I ask you, and one of the challenges you talked about was was lifting people out of poverty and tackling inequality. How has that process been going? Because I also know on the flip side, when you start to have a, an economy doing better, the cost of living crisis hits as well. And you have, you know, real estate is more expensive now in Portugal. And it's still, you know, uh, you we, you mentioned inflation. The Spanish government have actually done a quite a good job, I think, of, of reducing that by making sure that inflation on a basket of goods that people need to eat. So the food staples has not been, you know, they've, they've, they've limited all of those things. Where do you guys stand? They, they, they have limited, they have limited by, by uh, removing a 4% VAT rates, which yep. is uh, the question. The question is, is I give, I give one, one news, one news that, that I saw yesterday is that we lowered the VAT on bikes on the new budget from twenty, that. from twenty three to six percent, and the mm. prices remain the same. So we have what 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 we need is is, is, is a lot of super, a little bit more of supervising because what happened is that unlike, I, 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 can I let you finish that in a second? But I want to make a point. Our government reduced the VAT on newspapers in Ireland, not on say podcast platforms and the likes but on newspapers <laughs> by nine percent and none of them reduced their their the price of their, of their they newspaper just, they took just the, increased the profit exactly they, yeah and and like one newspaper one national newspaper that i know guarantees themselves an additional 25 million a year just with that reduction exactly i mean i i can't even pay my bloody bills at the moment and a, a vat reduction would be would be manna from heaven from us in the tortoise shack and we can't do it so i find that yeah i understand that but 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 you need to be taking steps. Go ahead. I, I, we are taking steps, but inflation in our in our stand in, in what's what's called inflation it's energy energy prices for a start. So energy energy prices are the ones that start start a chain of events in uh, that increases prices prices of of uh, of the basket increases prices of everything based on that. So we went by two ways. First of all, we did a, we did an agreement with Spain about lowering. We have the the, the lowest um, uh, gas and electricity prices in Europe. 
we make a mechanism that we've heard is called MyBell, which yeah. makes sure that, that we paid one third of, of, of all the rest of Europe is paying. It's crazy in the rest of Europe. I was talking with a friend of Brussels where his electricity bill went from 90 euros to 500 a month. Okay, we have cases like that all over Europe. So, so in Portugal, it remains more or less stable. And we are going to put two, two and a half billion euros just in helping companies with, with their gas heavily. Um, the price of gas, which which we are now paying around the state, it, it's removing around thirty cents per liter in gas for that. And then we are we are going to the question is that we are going to also give support to the lowest part of society. Those are the ones that hurt the most. Okay, and so so in 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 um, we increased the the, the retirees by eight percent. We gave we gave every Portuguese 125 euros in October, and we now gave to the, the lowest income people 240 euros in January um, to around one million families to make sure that they can fulfill the buys of the, the first need goods basket. So we went by that as well, and we also did we increased the index where all all uh, uh, social pensions and and yeah so so, so so the qualifying the qualifying criteria you 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 made you made it more it it could encompass more people yes but it will encompass more and more people and the highest amount but mm. to be honest there's no miracle against inflation and, no 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 and, no do you, and, so you started by saying energy and you can't do anything about ukraine you can't do anything about um the gas oil prices you cannot do what you can do though joe is is tell me how you're doing in terms of facing up to creating renewable energy portugal portugal it's it's the second in the portugal is the second in the world you know it comes to renewable energy i think after denmark we are doing pretty well again it was a socialist prime minister uh that started that, that agenda like many years ago saying portugal needs to go another way for uh, for uh, we we are going we are going to uh, we are going to uh, we are on the auction part of installing 10 gigabytes of solar in portugal so our country in like if everything goes okay in 10 years will be com completely self-sufficient in that state and another thing that we have that also also have the lots but this this is, is what we call divine providence, if you want to believe it in that, is that Portugal was passing by the biggest drought in, in many years. And in the last months, it's there's rain like we were in Ireland or, or in UK. Yes. So our, our dams got full of water and we are producing electricity full stand in our, in our dams. So that is, is also going to lower a lot of energy prices in but, Portugal. But, but, uh, but in terms of the floods, though, there these are, this is again, this is the climate. People, you know, we talk about climate change as if it's something that's going to happen in the in i find it funny sorry i find it funny when now things are happening that people warned us 20 years ago yes and, and, and 20 years ago we said eh, it's, it, it, it's still 20 years away and yeah. those 20 years have passed and now we are, we are we're going to have the worst droughts every year uh, um, more more warm that we ever had every year mm. and, and 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 heavy rain in portugal it rained more in 24 hours than in the last two years combined and this is also this is also global warming. People yes. people think everything is the same. We are getting the same climate as Morocco, and then in one day, two years of rain drop in one day. So this kind of extreme weather events that we still and we want to believe that the worst is still to come in the next twenty years. No, the worst is already here. Yes, like like I saw like I saw uh, on on a TV show once. Children have, have born that will 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 be witness to the worst part. Of the climate change that this planet is going to pass, it's, and, it's, but, the, the, but still, the, we, are the, still the, giving, we are still giving very, very small baby steps. I understand, but I just you know it's playing, it's happening now. When you see the floods in Lisbon, and you understand, like I can. It's it's early January in Dublin, and there are new roses on my bushes in the garden. 
that's that's I mean they're in full bloom like full bloom roses no, in, in, in Portugal in the countryside I was there yesterday we have already the, the fields after this rain the, because now we, we are having 25 degrees in fucking in January we, yeah. which, is, which is too much for even for January yeah, yeah. The, the countryside is filled with flowers that you, you usually only came in the spring mm. so so we, we if, if, if even the, the time of the year is going to change completely and that is going to have huge impact in the future uh, can I can I ask you though um to to think about 2023 in terms of the challenges that you face of uh, you guys set out an ambitious table to reduce inequality to to help people actually if they wanted to get sustainable rents or start to buy you know tackling housing because you have the challenges we all have in terms of health housing education how have what are what are the ambitions for uh, come, if you come through the current uh, controversy what are the ambitions for 2023 give me give me your hopes for for uh, for your government's uh, next 12 if, months if you are still in power which I, I really much hope um we, that's exactly our concern, is that we have a political crisis based on small issues that is going to jeopardize the future of this country. In my opinion, 2023, 2024 will mark what we do in these two years, will mark uh, this country for the next generation, or at least for the next decade. And I'll explain you why. Because we are having at the same time the recovery fund and the, the, the EU funds at the same time running running together. So the Portugal is going to have an influx of money that we never had. And after these two programs, I'm pretty sure that with the extension of EU and stuff like that, we'll reach the average of, of the EU and we won't have those kinds of funds anymore. So we have two years to program and starting doing uh, what we need to do. And um, we have a lot to do in what comes to renewable energies, in what comes to, we are going to invest a lot, something that was ne neglected by many governments, which was railway. We are going to invest in, in, in an area of railway, cycling as well, cycling lanes for in every major city. That's where the funds are coming for. Another thing, in the last, in the last change of <laughs> government... You, you can't cycle in Lisbon, it's all uphill. It's all, it's all uphill. <laughs> you can, you get more tired, but that's also good for your health. You don't go to the hospital because of that. <laughs> Yeah. But we are doing psychological lanes there as well. Uh, and, uh, and also the fact that in the last uh, change of government, we created something that was for the first time ever. We, we, are, we are now have a ministry of housing. So we created a ministry just to tackle the issues of housing. Because housing is still as bad as we are reading everywhere. The rents are not coming down. The cost of living is starting to be unbearable. The, the, the interest of the Imperial Central Bank are rising like, like hell. So which, which means every board. So which means that, that the people are having increased in, uh, in the, their, their mortgage payments, huge amounts. Mm -hmm. And the banks, the banks are saying that they don't expect people to, to give the house back to the banks, but I don't know. The, the next year is going to be. Can, can I ask you on the bank side? Are you, are you taxing your banks currently? Yes, and we are, we are going. We, are, we passed a lot taxing extraordinary wins to make sure to make sure that, that they they said at some point. The question is that we for for now we passed a law saying that the government the, the banks need to forcefully renegotiate with all their customers that are having problems to to pay to their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And and in 2023, if if that comes to that, we'll we'll start subsidizing mortgage payments. The question is that according to our statistics, only one one. Um, one in every 10 people of lower middle class or lower has a mortgage to the bank. Mm -hmm. So usually they would understand most of those people had already a house that they, 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 they inherited or something like that. So yeah, there's a, they were family. Um, there was the yes. houses. So yeah. only high middle class, which it, we are, these are not there here, bought houses in this country, at least according to statistics. 
But we are following that. The question is that for the last 10 years, the state has not done any houses. Mm-hmm. So, so we now in the recovery fund have around this- 3 billion euros to, to make public houses. Not social neighborhoods. No, we had this conversation the last time. Not just social, a mix of public housing available to everybody. We had this conversation. We noticed, but can I ask you, how it's many? Ha- now. Yes, but how many are you going to build in a year? Sorry. How many do you want to build in a year? As long as we have the money for it. The biggest problem about no, building, how many? How many? Is, is I think target? around fifty fifty thousand. Okay, so so if you put that in the mix, we we're currently on a target. Uh, we, Portugal and Ireland, funnily enough, have a very similar size population. Uh, our our actual um, our population has grown faster than yours, but at the same time, we're we're going to build twenty eight. Well, it'll come in somewhere around for twenty twenty two, around twenty eight thousand, but it'll be less, probably somewhere closer to twenty four in twenty twenty three, if not less. Unfortunately, we're, we're we're finding supply chain issues. Are you finding those challenges as well? We are supplying. What do you mean supplying? So as in, we we're, we're saying we haven't we haven't got enough builders. We haven't got enough um, materials, whether it's concrete or timber or this. We're we're finding it. We're saying these are the thing issues we're finding here. And I want listeners to remember: Ireland used to build eighty thousand a year, and now we're saying we can't build twenty five thousand, which is which is for us for me I find very difficult. But how are you guys finding it? We are we are finding it uh, also very hard. What 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 happened is that is that during during first economic crisis and the, the 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 real estate bubble crisis in 2011 mm-hmm. and then and then the pandemic and then everything that happened and then the bailout and stuff like that we 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 got we had a lot of people that, that were devoted to construction they left and never came back mm-hmm. so so what we're doing now is that in and in this case we are not more or less the same we we are already acknowledging uh, when the money for the recovery came. I told I told the minister, you know, to do that you need to import hundreds of thousands of people to make sure that we we get managed to spend all the money, and 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 now we are we are considering doing that from from um, um, the people from Asia and a lot of people from Eastern Europe, not from Ukraine. It's uh, in the nineties. Most of our construction workers were from Romania and from Ukraine. But mm-hmm. the, the people we welcome from Ukraine right now, amazingly, it's not the lower skill that we got in the 90s. They are high T, high skilled people. They are which, all. They're, they're, there's doctors, there's medics, there's... Um, they, 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 they even improved the, the, the rent bubble in Lisbon, for example, because they came here and said a house that costed 1,000, they offer 1,000 to 500. Because they, some of them came with money. Huh? So, mm-hmm. so those, and, and the question is that we are, but it's not a matter of materials or raw materials. For us, it's a matter of, of uh, manpower. Mm-hmm. And 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 the question is that our challenge. That's why for us, twenty twenty. Because the question is that we are building dams, we are building solar solar stations, we are building houses, we are building all those things. A lot of people, these things are, are based on building. And and the question is is that the recovery fund ends at twenty first of December twenty twenty six. So whether we do it in three years or we don't, that's why our president of the republic said that the government is not doing great, but the alternative is worse because. This country needs to plan in 2023, start building at the beginning of 2024, mm-hmm. and in two years needs to have everything built. So the challenge for 2023, if I could resume it in a word, would be planning, planning, planning how to get the manpower, planning how to how to have all, all the right projects, planning everything to make sure that we start by the middle of the year. And and by because because I, I will tell you something. If my government fails to use this recovery fund entirely, mm-hmm. that's something that the people will, will, will not forgive us, and rightly so. 
I have, that's, to, that's I, I, I have to agree. And I, just to reference, just to give listeners an idea, the recovery funds were the, were the loans made available post-pandemic by the EU and ECB that uh, many countries availed of. Ireland, because of our um, status as a tax haven, as a tax haven, was unable to because we actually still were making so much money off, uh, even though people individually weren't making any money, the companies, the major corporations, they were made, they were funding so much money through that we weren't actually eligible. We couldn't apply. So it's, it's so it is, it's an astounding statistic. And then Portugal, Portugal but, got 16 billion. Well, yes, and, and Spain and Spain has started a huge retrofit um, piece as well. But I want to I want to say one thing on on that. What's interesting, and we'll look at this through the years it goes. The Economist said when they said Portugal was 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 the in in second place, I believe, in terms of where they thought the mm-hmm. they did put Ireland in third, which is interesting because Ireland our inequality is obviously growing, but our headline GDP looks phenomenal. We're now taking in more corporation tax a month than we were in a year, you know, so it's it's kind of a straight, like, we have to be honest about it. And that's not sustainable, unfortunately. Joe, listen, I know you're very busy. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for this. And I'll be, be touching base with you during the year to see how you guys get on. I'm fascinated to see how the planning system works because we have our own issues here, particularly around housing. I know healthcare is, is really, you know, every, it's topical at the moment. We have a bad COVID season. We have a bad flu season, but housing is going to be a huge issue. And if your government doesn't get it right, you won't, me, you won't survive. Let, let me just say another thing that I forgot. The, 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 another thing that we are doing about housing is that we are building students' dorms for every high education students in the country. So to make sure that, that the hundreds of, of thousands of beds that, that the students rent will be available for the middle class. So this, this is also a tackle that we are going to do. Can, can, I, ask, can I ask on, the, on that? Are the state are the state going to build those properties? Or are they? Are, the state are going to build around fifty thousand beds in student dorms to well. make sure to make sure because that that for us was mm-hmm. also a fastest way to make sure that the students that rent apartments yeah. can make those apartments free to be rented to middle class. And, yeah. and because it's very expensive. And, and what's happening now is that you, you enter a university in Lisbon, but then you, you, you don't take your place at that university because your family cannot afford to rent an apartment. Yeah. And, and there's no, there's not enough places in students' dorms. So there's a lot of money from the recovery fund, which Ireland is not going to get because in <laughs> Ireland, in, in Ireland, it's statistics like it's alpha chicken is each, but everyone has one chicken and most of people have zero chickens. That's, there was something I explained once. Yeah. That you, your economy is based on statistics. Everything is perfect. And, and, but in Portugal, what we are going to do is, is that, is that that's also another plan that we have to make sure that we fast, we very fast release houses to be rented to the middle class. I think that's a really good idea because we've seen in our, Ireland has the same similar people, students can't afford to come to Dublin. They, they qualify and they can't afford. It's really, it's a really good idea. So let's, let's monitor that as the year goes on. Again, thank you so much for the time. It's great to see you. I hope to, I hope, I hope the next time we chat, the other fella, Baldy is ready to, to, to come back and have a chat with us as well. Um, and, but, but as all, as always, it's, it's a pleasure. And, uh, you all, you, if nothing else, even, even in, even in the, the midst of a controversy, we're smiling. <laughs> here my friend so thank you so much for your time again and we'll talk to you very very soon thank you very much thank you for your vacation and a big hug to martin bye-bye bye-bye tony and martin martin and tony speaking